0: This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk with me, Andy Braithwaite. Uh, My guest today is someone who will be familiar to those in the UK and practically anyone who has attended an OPI event in the past 20 plus years. And today I'm very pleased to welcome Jeff Betts, the Managing Director of Stuart Superior Europe. Jeff, good to see you.
1: And you, Andy. Thank you very much for, for inviting me on.
0: Perhaps we could just kick off with a, uh, for the listeners who, who don't know who you are, a, a quick personal intro and an overview of Stuart Superior.
1: I, um, I've been in the industry longer than I care to remember. Actually, I came into the industry in 1984. I fell into rubber stamps initially ended up running a company called evermark that, uh, I then ran until 1994. When, uh, we started Stuart superior, Stuart superior. Everybody wants to know where that name came from. Who meets me? Uh, my name's not Stuart. My name's <laughs> Jeffrey. So cause I get Stuart, get called Stuart all the time, but, um, I, uh, uh, Stuart Superior were an OEM ru- American rubber stamp company and uh, so I used to meet them on the circuit when I was, was uh, running Evermark and then eventually we decided we'd start Stuart Superior in Europe uh, with a view to selling rubber stamps in Europe uh for on manufactured by, by Stuart Superior uh, that lasted about 3 days and then uh, <laughs> we saw we saw an opportunity to supply niche products to the global resellers of office supplies so the likes of Viking likes of Staples and, and uh, Lyrico Spices and all those mm. guys. So, uh, which is, which is wh- wh- where we started uh, working from in 1995. Uh, subsequently, we build ourselves up a large product portfolio. Uh, we do everything from health and safety signs through the clipboards, mm. through the display products. So uh, uh, we've built ourselves up uh, a very nice customer blue chip list of customers across Europe uh, and North America uh we're supplying all the large players in or most of the large players now in north america so we've been going we've been going very well over the years uh it's challenging times mm, now sure. Which i'm sure you're going to come on to but uh, yeah. i've enjoyed myself immensely i've met many wonderful people had many wonderful nights with, yeah. with a lot of great friends i <laughs> uh, hope to have a few more yet
0: okay i can uh I can confirm I've I've been there on on a couple of those occasions we've had a, a great time
1: just does, does, does the American entity still
0: exist or is yeah,
1: it just no, we just about the American entity is uh we we sold the uh the, the commercial rubber stamp business uh about 15 years ago and uh, but we still manufacture craft products mm, okay. uh, so we're into mm. that so that whole craft market with with inky dinky do rubber stamp sets and and Christmas sets and we, we, we still do that effectively in in, in North America but uh, we have a we have a distribution warehouse 3pl uh company in uh, who work for us in Salt lake City okay uh, and then from there we, we go out and we're moving our products now out into the sort of the larger channels same model really as we've got here
0: okay great now today I really wanted to focus on the topic of brexit and what that has meant for for UK suppliers uh, like yourself just to recap. To, to those listeners who may not be familiar with the brexit there might be one, one or two out out there so the the transition period between the UK and the EU ended at midnight on the 31st of December 2020 and that ushered in let's say a, a new set of trading parameters for, for one of, of a better word um, now I know, going back to January, Jeff, you were you were featured on the BBC and in a an article in in the Guardian. Uh, so so I hope appearing on OPI Talk isn't too much of a of a come down <laughs> for 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 you now. <laughs> no, not at all. Just to, right. just to quote you from from that Guardian article. And this is going back to January. You, you said Brexit had been an administrative nightmare. Uh, and that a lot of companies would be in serious trouble if they couldn't move their, their goods across Europe with, without all this palaver was the, was the way you described it then. S- six months on or, or so fr- fr- from, from that. Now, if, if you could choose one word to, to sum up the whole Brexit experience for you, what would that be?
1: Um, one word would be challenging. Uh, I think uh, my second word would be, would be uh, probably uh, satisfying. So if I was allowed two words, I'd go challenging, but satisfying. Okay. Tell, tell, tell us more. Well, the, the, uh, so let's go back. If I can make, I, if we go back to December the 3rd, 2020, we were still waiting at that stage for an announcement <laughs> from the British government as to what was going to happen regarding Brexit mm-hmm. and, and, and our relationship going forward. Um, and uh, so we were sort of wondering, because 40% of our business goes into Europe. So it's a large chunk of our business's export, mm. uh, particularly on the sort of CECO filing side as well, you know, the sort of biodegradable yeah. recycled yeah. filing products that we do. That goes, that, that's, um, that's been a very big growth for us in, in the European market. So we, uh, well, we were looking at um, what exactly we were going to do. We were still waiting. In the end, uh, we got talking to a guy called Ronnie Van Rossum, yep, who's yep, known yep. to many of you. And uh, Ronnie and, and Stuart Superior had begun working together earlier in the year. And Ronnie was was pushing us to take uh, to open a, a warehouse with him in Europe. And we were sort of like, you know, in um, and ahhing really about whether that was going to be right, depending on what the government said. And eventually the government came out and really said, there isn't going to be an agreement. <laughs> and uh, oh, we still didn't know, to be honest, but that's where we saw it headed. So in the end, we went right, come on, let's open up a warehouse in, in Europe, which which gave us, which at that stage we could see gave us two benefits. Was One, first of all, is we would be nearer to our European customers, but also enabled us to drop ship effectively mm. into the European marketplace, which which you know, when you're looking at where everything's going in the world, that we see as being, or well, that we saw as being a, a real advantage if we could pull this off.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you've got that distribution center in the Netherlands. I think you've also got a an official Euro a subsidiary of, of Superior, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Well,
1: then, then, <laughs> right, yes. Then, <laughs> yeah, no, because you've got to, let me go back to this again. This is December the third, and we have till December the thirty-first. So, right. Okay. So now we've taken the decision. So now we need to find. We need to form a company. We need to get a bank account. And and you would, you would assume the first one you would think would be would be complicated. The second one you think would be relatively easy. If you turn those on your head, then you then you have <laughs> got you've got half a chance. So uh, we we set we set off. Uh, we formed we formed. Excuse me. A yeah. We um um we set off with with uh, certain enthusiasm. Uh, we formed Stuart Superior Europe BV. Again, Ronnie was extremely helpful on the ground for this. So put us in touch with the, the various people that we needed to, to be put in touch with. So you form a company. It's not easy. You need to, you need to get in, you know, something that's not, not normal in the, U, in the UK market is notaries. Mm-hmm. So everything needs to be notarized. So mm-hmm. you need to be running around. So I was running around during December, you know, finding solicitors, finding notaries, getting everything sent off, sent off to, to Holland. And then everybody was working really hard to get it across the line. Um, we have we we had to set up a, a, a we have separate accounts now running BV in Holland. So you need an accountant, so we needed to find an accountant as well to help us get us across the line, uh, and then you need a bank account. So if I start twitching when I talk about bank accounts, you, you'll you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> Because without a bank account, you can't operate. And you would assume that you would go to your to our bank or to a bank and say, "We've been trading for twenty six years. We're a solid business. Can we please have a bank account?" And you would be wrong. It wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy. No, no, no. Sorry, no. The number of times you get certainly from the big banks, you know, where you think somebody would have an an international division who would, uh, yes sure, Jeff, we'll move you into our, you know, into our French division or our Dutch division and uh, uh but no that doesn't happen so in the end we i was online went online and i don't mind giving them a big plug i found a company called 3s who were absolutely fantastic took us on i mean you have to fill out a lot of forms and you know you have to give them your mother's maiden name and all mm-hmm. that stuff but at the end of it all we were able in a relatively short period of time to set up a bank account and that has been working extremely efficiently okay. so uh, mm-hmm. so we so we we in, in a very short period of time it took us to about January the 13th to get the bank account but by December the 31st we had a company and we were able to trade and we then started shipping all our goods from the UK because we had to then start putting stock into the warehouse mm. before the 31st because otherwise they attract VAT which we'll come back to in a minute yeah. <laughs> so we had to get every and then if you remember Macron then closed the border yep. as well I mean he did he did, did us no face <laughs> Um, so, um, but anyway, we eventually got all the, all the products as much as we could, probably 95% of the, of the stock that we wanted to get over there at that stage, we got over into, into Holland and we opened in Holland in a place called Valvik, mm-hmm. uh, up by, not far from Rotterdam. Um, uh, and, uh, and there we, are, and there we sit. Okay. So
0: how does that work now in terms of, of distri- product distribution? Are they UK and Europe? They're just are, are totally separate now?
1: Yes, totally. They are type two te- separate companies. In fact, we're just doing, we just closed our accounts in May this year. And now we're having to do, you know, we're doing accounts. We're trying to, to consolidate three companies now. We've got the US market, we've got here and we've got, and we've got Europe. Okay.
0: Yeah. So a lot of challenges, obviously against the backdrop of COVID uh, pandemic. And you mentioned lock- lockdowns and borders yeah. closing and that kind of thing. That kind of made it any easier either. Uh, no,
1: <laughs> um, no, no. We, again, I'm sure you've heard the, t- the, st- the term or seen the film, The Perfect Storm. Well, yeah. you know, we we see ourselves in the perfect. We still do. We're in this perfect storm of, uh, of Brexit, COVID, and, and a general downturn in trade. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not a it's not a happy period really. But uh, I think in terms of structuring ourselves uh, as best we can, I think. We'll, what we've done i'm i say i'm very i said at the beginning i'm very satisfied with with okay. the decisions that we've taken uh but brett but covid obviously is, is a difficult one because it just closes down markets and uh and then you've got you've got to we'll come on to containers in a minute i'm sure but uh you know the price of containers uh we now ship into rotterdam yeah and the the other interesting thing is from a british perspective the cost and i'm, I'm making this up but so excuse me if i've got this wrong on today's figures but it's something like to get a container into the UK now could be anything between twelve thousand and sixteen thousand dollars to get it into Rotterdam. This is this is uh, that's a forty-footer to get it into Rotterdam. So it's still about ten, but it's slightly less than trying to get it into the UK. Okay, so um, Interesting. don't quite. I mean, no, that's that's. But it's it, the point I'm making really is it's cheaper still to ship it into Rotterdam than it is into the UK. Yeah. But it's it's still a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if you hadn't set up this subsidiary and had this distribution uh, from the Netherlands, where where would you be today, trying to serve your continental European customers?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would. Uh, I wouldn't see ourselves in anything like the position that we're in. To be honest, I think we the 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 bureaucracy involved in getting the goods across the channel is a problem. Mm. Trying to service our customers. Uh, on time would be a very big issue because they're because of delays Mm. Uh, and that's before you get into the VAT aspect of it wherein you know VAT charges and then you get administration charges on top of that that we never used to suffer yeah you know we're still we are still because we because you know just because that's how life is every now and again you don't have a product in Holland but you have it sitting in in our warehouse in Coventry so we need to get it to Holland so you're sort of sending one pallet over and then there's you got VAT charges, administration charges, and you look at it, and you know, at the end of it all, you go, there's no, there's no point in bothering. So without without implementing a a huge price increase on your customers that 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 they would never accept, and and quite mm-hmm. rightly really. So yeah. um, that's where I think that's where we would be. We would have we would have certainly lost a substantial amount of our business.
0: Okay, so. But you're happy, obviously, that you made you made that move when no, you did. I, yeah, Before, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah. You you look at it, and you, we we always thought it was going to be the right decision. But you, I mean, it's but it's a quantum leap, you know. And it's uh, so I, I would advise anybody who's who's trying to export into Europe that, that to try and do it from the UK with all the charges that you meet on the way, you know, isn't 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 helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned containers and uh, accountants and other other things like that. So I, I imagine yeah, this has increased your your cost base. Is, is that something you've had to pass on or try to pass on to
1: customers? Not uh, yet. Uh, well, containers, yes. Yeah. I mean, the biggest the biggest problem, uh, and I, the government. I think you're starting to read about inflation in the papers now. Potential inflation, and. When you and it's coming, you know it doesn't matter what marketplace you're in. The cost of a container coming into to the UK now has gone in twelve months from three thousand dollars to sixteen thousand dollars. Now, if I've got just so that so the math on that very simply is if I got forty thousand items sitting in a container, at say costing thirty p each, the cost of bringing those each, each each one of those in goes up by about thirty p. So. Yeah. You, you have you have you've got a real inflationary impact coming into the marketplace that we are physically having to pass on mm. uh if it continues to grow we're going to have to pass more on um but you know we as a business we cannot accept it we can't we can't handle it so somehow everybody in the marketplace is going to have to put their prices up and this industry to be honest with you as, as Needed price increases for a long, long time. So I just hope the resellers take this advantage and, and able to, you know, put their margins up, alongside mm. on the back of the opportunity that this is giving them. Because boy oh boy, does the industry need a, 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 an increase in prices. Interesting, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> yeah.
0: I wonder how how your reseller customers will, will feel about that.
1: I, I think when you look at the accounts, it, that's what it—the it, it, accounts of any of these companies. When you look at it, and you look at what's happened to them, you know, you look at the staples of this world, and you look at you look at the spices of this world. You know, it's it's stating the obvious, really. But we could definitely do with an increase in the margins mm. that's being that's being uh, you know in 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 the larger players and the larger channels without any question. It's uh, uh, so hopefully they say this is the opportunity that that, that, that mm. gives them that opportunity. We'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. You know, aside from those inflationary pressures of the containers for talking here about the, about the uk is it is it difficult just getting containers to to come to the uk are you having a supply you know shortage issues
1: as well oh it's it's again this is again this is the perfect storm and it's sort of the storm still brewing hmm. you're still trying to trying to get hold of containers in in china is is extremely difficult you, you can you know you have the goods ready to go and then you haven't got a container to take them and you I mean, this is complete new, new, new stuff to me. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've never experienced anything like. I'm sorry, you can't get a container until you know two months down the line, and mm. then it's going to cost you $16,000. You you just you look at it, and you, you, first of all, you're going to run out of stock. So mm. that's that the ability to supply and the supply chain, and it, it it doesn't matter whether it's a company such as Stuart Superior who's supplying. You know the, the the larger resellers but the resellers themselves with direct import have the same issues so mm. we're going to have stock issues going down the line and we've, we've got and we've got inflationary issues coming into the in the industry big time right so yeah it's a it is a big issue very okay. very complex yeah. very very complex yeah. and challenging just right at the stop
0: yeah are there any positive outcomes from, from Brexit from your, no. your point of view? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a word. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another
1: one word answer. Um, very I, very I, unlike you, Geoffrey. <laughs> <yes, okay. laughs> Let me elaborate. Um, well, the, um, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, to me, uh, they may not be obvious yet, but I, I, I would like to think that as we pat what we an expression we use in the uk to paddle our own canoe right one would hope that 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 has its advantages i don't want to go in a one wouldn't want to make any political comments on on, on this sort of thing but i i feel i feel that the uh uh the step for us is probably from a uk perspective isn't the worst but boy oh boy if if somehow we have to have agreements across across some of these countries i mean it, it's but it, it will take time it may be five years before everything settles down mm. but somehow we it, it doesn't seem any doesn't seem to make sense to cut one's nose off to spite one's face um so uh that's my that's my feeling on that
0: you've previously said that one of the goals of having this European presence is to expand in, in mainland Europe. How's that been going, especially in, in the past few months? I know it's probably early days yet and then you've, got, you've got COVID as well, but uh, are there any green shoots there?
1: I have to say I'm absolutely thrilled at the, the response of our customers, uh, the ability to to contact and work with new customers. Um, so, you know, if, if, Outside, out, well, outside of, of moving the business to supply our existing customers continually at a competitive price and efficiently, which is why we took the decision. The, as I said, right, I think as I said earlier, the 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 other vision was to be able to offer drop ship uh, capability to mm. uh, to the larger drop sh- to the larger online players and our existing customers in Europe. And yeah. so, as a result of moving, we have we've been successful in that direction, and we're seeing new business. Coming now all the time, so we're we're very, I'm very, very pleased with the decision.
0: Okay, good. And then, obviously, in mainland Europe, there is the the shifting dynamics of the, of the customer base, if we can call it that. You look at Staples and Office Depot. What's happening to them? The Staples Benelux acquisition, when that closes, will essentially mean the end of independent Staples in Europe. And the consensus is that Office Depot is going the same way what does that mean for for someone like you
1: i I always say it takes you an awfully long time to find a customer to win a customer yeah we all know when we we all know you know you 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 work you work your socks off trying to win a customer and eventually you win a customer and then within two seconds you can get an email saying you've lost them because they're merging or they've been bought or they've been acquired Hmm. so um You know, suffice to say, we our, our business model has always been to supply the very large resellers of office supplies. Mm. So we have a very, a very limited. Always traditionally, have had a very limited blue chip customer base. Yeah. You know I, I bite my most people. You'd bite my arm off for our customer list. You know, but at the moment, if they keep closing <laughs> and getting bought, then say, it's a shrinking. It's, it's a shrinking it's, list, isn't it? It's a shrinking moment. list. Mm. Yeah. And then, so then you go, well, how are we going to replace it? And uh, so we've been fortunate when you look at the the uh the impact of Amazon on a business such as ours, you know, without Amazon now we would be it's a completely different picture to where it was and um you know two two or three years ago. Mm. Amazon have, have come in and, and our largest customer now. And okay. they've, they've gone from they've gone nothing in three years, they've gone from nothing to be our, our largest customer. It's it's phenomenal, phenomenal mm. success rate. And that, but that that to me is is still causes us a problem because we're still trying to we're still trying to help our traditional customer we don't want our such as office Depot, such as staples we want those companies to survive and thrive mm. so you're trying to work with them to, to to keep that moving you know and to give them pricing and, and product ranges and you know it's it's hard to keep up but um you know uh, one hopes and fingers crossed that, that uh, you know at least the lyric of this world by acquiring people like staples and, and mm. you know will it's it, they become a very very large business. As long as they don't lose their focus.
0: Yeah, obviously the, the final choice is with the customer and where where they want to purchase their their products from. Yes,
1: correct. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we all know how easy it is to order from from you know from Amazon. So it's it, that's I I sat I sat the other day watching I was ordering a a capo for my guitar. If anybody knows what a capo is, oh, I, I wanted yeah. one, and yeah. I'm sitting in the morning. You, you will know. <laughs> I'm sitting there, trying, and I thought I need a new capo. And I'm sitting having breakfast. It, I actually I saw time this. How long is it going to take me to buy a capo on Amazon? And it took me 30 seconds. Mm. And it was like bang, gone. And i am just sat there and I haven't sort of got back to my cornflakes. Mm. You know, and you just think that it just oh boy, what a, what an operation that is. So we, we have you know, it it is challenging for the existing for the existing marketplace, but you know, c- come on, I think we, we can between us, if we all work hard, at least we can we can maintain it or we can create wealth for our, for our companies and our shareholders.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Just, just, just to wrap up going, going back to Brexit, what would you say has been the main uh, takeaway or the key learning experience for you over the past six or eight months?
1: Um, how to exhaust oneself <laughs> <laughs> in three weeks? <laughs> that <would be> <laughs> that's that's my big takeaway. <laughs> uh, um, I tell you what, I'm really I tell you what I'm really thrilled about. To be honest, is that a company such as Art in this marketplace is surviving, uh, and I'd like to think thriving and making the decisions that take. That, honestly, Andy, it's it's been it's been a you, know, you sit here day and night. This is this company's in my soul, as you'd imagine, you know. And, and it's it's trying trying to survive in this world with with everything that's going on, you know, and still here uh, makes me a very proud man. So that's that's probably where where I sit. That's my big takeaways. And I say to all the staff, you know, I said right at the start of, of, of COVID back in March uh, last year, and I sat everybody down and I said, you know, boys we're fucking girls we're fighting for our life. And so let's, let's, you know, let's knuckle down and let's get stuck into it. And to be fair, you know, everybody's played their part in this company. I'm mm. so proud of everybody. So we're still, we're still here and, uh, and we're, and we're, and we're still talking to our customers and we're still growing. So that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big moment.
0: Okay, great. Well, we'll end on that positive note. Right. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much. It's great, uh, great to talk to you today and all the best for the rest of
1: the year. And may I also say all the best to OPI, because you sit in the same shoes as we do. You know, you're a, you're, a, you're a business and we're all out there working hard and fighting. And it's absolute pleasure to still see you guys out there doing the fantastic job you do for this industry. So congratulations to you as well.
0: OK, thanks for those kind words, Jeff. Thanks, Andy. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.